The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today we read a longer passage in the gospel, but it's one of the most incredible stories. Um, it's a story that we all love. Um, and sometimes we get in the habit of, if it's a story that I'm familiar with or I've heard it before, like the raising of Lazarus, which is a famous story in the gospel um, of St. John, that I kind of just kind of go on autopilot. Um, but the beauty of the gospel is that every time we hear or read scripture, we kind of try to get something new um, from what we're reading. And as I was reading uh, today's gospel and preparing for the sermon, um, what I was looking for specifically is a connection between this reading and the rest of the readings. Like, what is it about this reading specifically? Like the raising of Lazarus, and then like looking at like the Vespers gospel and the Pauline and the Catholic and all those things. And the one thing that kept coming up to my mind, uh, maybe it's conversations I'm having, maybe it's my own thoughts, whatever it may be, um, but the one thing that kept coming up to my mind, like the message for today for us, was stop living in fear. Stop living in fear. And you might say, okay, well, that's random. Like, I don't know how you got that from the gospel that we just read. Um, but we won't start just at the gospel we just read, the, the reading of um, the story of Lazarus. Where we're going to start is actually the Vespers Psalm and the Vespers Gospel. So the Vespers Psalm says the following. It says, I will wait for you, O you my strength. For God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. How would you describe the psalmist's attitude in that psalm? Is it like a position of like strength or weakness? What do you think? I'm going to read it again. I will wait for you, O my strength. For God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. Strength, for sure strength. Like he's so confident, so bold in what God can do for him. Again, fear or confidence, confidence. There's no sense of fear in the psalmist writing. He assumes that he's going to be victorious because God is on his side. He assumes that he's going to be victorious because God is on his side. The Vesper's Gospel itself, does anybody remember what the Vesper's Gospel is about? It's about a man who's, who is the centurion, right? So there's the, a the centurion who wants his servant to be healed, and he sends a message to Christ. He doesn't go to meet Christ. He sends a message to Christ, and he says, just say a word. Like, don't even come. Just say a word, and the servant's going to be healed. Like, I'm so confident. I have no doubt. I have no fear, nothing. I'm so confident that if you just say a word, you don't even need to come. And Jesus, and it says that Jesus marveled at this. Okay, like if you can get Jesus to marvel, like that's a big deal. Okay, Jesus marveled. And he says, wow, I haven't seen greater, like there's no faith like this in Israel. Like I haven't seen great faith like this. Again, confidence and boldness. St. Paul in the Philippians, he tells the, the, the people there, the church there, not to be afraid of their adversaries. Again, this, this concept of fear and boldness. He says, like, basically, they might impact their earthly circumstances, but they have no control over their eternity or their spirit. St. Peter in the Catholic epistle tells us to live differently. Don't be afraid to live differently because you're God's chosen people. And then we get to the Acts. The Acts is a funny story. Okay, the Acts is, is one of those stories that 
You're like, whoa. So the Acts story, it shows us the difference between living a life with no fear because God is on your side versus trying to take matters into your own hands. Okay, does anybody, was anybody paying attention during the Acts what it was about? Somebody was trying to do what? They were trying to exercise the demon, okay, heal. And they did it in the name of Jesus and in the name of, the, that Paul, of Jesus that Paul preaches. And they have no idea who Jesus is or Paul or anybody. And then what happens in return? The demon jumps out and like, attacks this person who's trying to do it. So again, not, not recommended. Okay, so if you read that story, not recommended way to go. Um, so it's a crazy story. But again, it shows us the difference between having no fear when God is on our side versus, again, kind of this like arrogance when we think we could do things on our own. And then again, finally, the gospel today, the obvious part of it, of, of having no fear, is when we look at the person of Christ who's able to conquer death right then and there and say, that's the God on my side, what is there to fear? And even within that gospel, there's another person who displays a tremendous amount of courage, a person that gets a hard time, and we call him something, okay, that's not very nice, okay, we call him Doubting Thomas, okay, and St. Thomas is the one who speaks up, and they know it's dangerous to go to the area Jesus is about to go to, and he says, let us go with him that we may die with him, okay, so again, confidence, boldness, why? Jesus is with us, whatever happens, it doesn't matter, Jesus is with us. Over and over again, this theme of not living in fear kept coming up in the readings of today, and yet, I feel like it is so often that we, I'll include myself here, that we let our fears control us. How many conversations do we have, do I have, with myself and people where we're worried about things that either are real circumstances or they're pretend circumstances, okay, that we like play in our heads. I wrote a few things down. What will happen to my kids if this and that happens and these are useless scenarios that don't even exist? What about my future? What about this medical condition? What if I speak up and somebody thinks I'm crazy? What if I'm silent and somebody thinks I'm weak? What if I start my relationship with God again and fail again? Fear of failure, fear of letting go, fear of dying, fear of really sacrificing or doing something great for God, and on and on and on and on and on and on we go. We hold on to our fears as if it's like the blanket that keeps us warm at night. I feel like we hold on to our fears and we go and we run these fears in our minds as like it's something that keeps us safe. When in reality, fears do the exact opposite. They cripple us. And they're the reason, the main reason, that we feel restricted and not free in our life. When we wake up in the morning, and if you feel like some sort of like worry or anxiety or not free or not excited about the day or what God is going to do today, one of the main reasons often is this. It's fear. And obviously, this is not the way that God intends us to live. So what are we to do? What are we to do when we're battled with fears or worries or anxieties or whatever it may be? First thing we have to do, and this is the obvious one, and it's something that we underestimate, but it's taking our fears to God. We can battle our fears on our own. That's why we fail so often. Or we can take our fears to God and talk to God about what's going on. And often when this happens to me, when I have a worry or something on my mind and I go to God, what I get is perspective, if nothing else. Because I just stood in front of the king of kings and I explained in my mind was, it was a big, huge problem. But in front of God, it's this itty bitty little problem. Okay, I got it. I heard you. Thank you. Like, wow, I haven't seen that one before. Like, I said, that's a new one. Like, God got it. He figures it out. He got it under control. So the first thing we have to do is take our fears to God. Because that's where we get perspective. 
second thing. Second thing and the third thing are going to sound contradictory, but they're not. Second thing I wrote down is living our lives for the present day. You know, in our Father prayer, how we say, give us what? Our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. This day our daily bread. This day our daily bread. It's so important. It's so important to not lose track of this day. Sometimes we go through the day and we don't even know what happened in the day because we've been thinking about a thousand days in the future. And that's not a way to live. Jesus himself tells us what? Sufficient for the day is its own worries. Like don't try to go a thousand days, a thousand miles ahead. We can plan. I'm not saying we don't plan. But getting obsessive and letting our minds go crazy about the future is not a healthy thing. And God calls us to live in the exact opposite way. Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. The third thing I wrote down. So we talked about taking our fears to God. Give us this day our daily bread, living for the present day. And the third thing is going to sound contradictory, but it's not. So while we're living for the present day, we have to remember that earth is not my forever home. Have you ever heard this term, forever home? I hate this. It's, sorry, kids. This is the dumbest term. Okay, Forever home. You walk into somebody's house and they tell you, this is like our beginner home. It's not our forever home. And I'm like, what is that? Okay, it's, it's a house. Like there's walls. There's a kitchen. Like what are you talking about? The term forever home. Please stop using it. It's the dumbest term on the face planet. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Forever home. We, not, we need to stop living. Like this is our forever home. We act like this earth is our forever home. And our desire is to make everything so comfortable around us that, wow, I figured it out. Like life now is no problems. That day is not coming. That day is not going to exist. Sorry, spoiler alert. That's not going to happen. We have a short time to make the most out of our lives. We have a short time to make the most out of our lives. We can try to focus on every single problem and trying to make our lives perfect and making this our forever home. Or we could try to make the most out of our lives with what we got and what God gives us. There's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 90. This is going to sound depressing, but it's not. Psalm 90 says what? It says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Okay, that's just one of the statements that the psalmist makes. It sounds a little depressing, but it's not. It's kind of just reality. He's saying what? Our time here is short. Let's make the most of it. Our time here is short. Let's make the most of it. There's no time to waste worrying and being afraid and, and living our lives in fear. Why this has been on my heart recently is that I've been feeling like God has been telling me, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this, is I want to live a life that, like, that magnifies God, that allows me to live a life that's like, like boldly and confidently, that that does something, that I'm doing something great for God, not because God needs it, not because God even wants it, but because it's just a way for us to say to God, thank you, okay? Like, it's just a way for us to say thank you. When we live our lives free in this way, and we're focused on what am I doing for God, it's just a way to say thank you. It's saying thank you to God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for not you know, losing your mind on me because I do all these crazy things all the time. Thank you for defeating death like he does today. Thank you for opening up the gates of paradise for me. Thank you for blessing us in this life, even though it's not forever. Thank you for all the blessings that you give us in this life. And we thank you for the life that is to come. Fear is one of those things that's a barrier between us living a life that magnifies God and a life that glorifies God 
Because what we have to do is to decide between what are we going to glorify and what are we going to magnify? Are we going to magnify him or are we going to magnify our fears? In the psalm of today, in the liturgy gospel today, the psalmist says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order, if I would declare and speak of them. They are more than can be numbered. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. We all want to magnify the Lord with our life. Like when you go down to our core, yes, we might get distracted and whatever, but we all want to magnify the Lord of our life. Because it's just a way to say thank you. But we can't do that if we're constantly magnifying our fears. If we're choosing our fears over choosing our life with him. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems. Okay, like that. Sometimes we think like, I live my life with God, I do all the right things, and then I'm shocked when a problem arises. No, that's not life with God. Problems come up. But what Christ is promising us is that when we choose to live a life with him, when we magnify him, even when those problems come up, that there's joy, that there's peace, that this is not forever, that this is not the end. That the problems here, yes, they may be difficult, but this is not the end. We can magnify the Lord and receive joy and peace and blessing in relationship with God. We can magnify our fears and return we get anxiety and never live truly free, but we get to choose. My prayer is that God may give us the grace today as we're praying together in the liturgy, to give our fears over to him. Every liturgy is about offering something. Every liturgy is about offering something. So maybe as we're getting ready to pray the liturgy together, that I think of the things that have been consuming my mind. Things that have been, maybe I don't call them worries, maybe I don't call them fears, but things that I'm constantly and obsessively thinking about. And I give that today to God, whatever it may be. It could be my kids, my health, my family member's health, financial situation, whatever struggle. And say, Lord, here it is. This is yours. This belongs to you. Today I'm giving this to you. Here's my offering. And in return, Lord, what we're asking is that you give us confidence and boldness to live a life that's free. A life that's not hindered by these fears, but a life that is focused on magnifying you. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart, and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.